Farmers in the Harvest. This podcast is a weekly conversation about the gospel and the work that God is doing through those who labor for him. Now, your host, Kevin Fulcher. Hello, and thank you for joining me for this week's conversation about labors in the harvest. Last week, I shared with you the work of God in using labors in God's harvest to help my family, the Folger family, to come to faith in Christ. I ended my time with you last week telling you about my own salvation. I'm so glad that God did that great work in my family and and also in my own life using those who labor for the Lord. So let me talk to you a little bit about the next step. So once we're saved, we're all, in a sense, called to labor in the Lord's harvest. We would say this is a general call that applies to every saved individual. In other words, every saved person has a responsibility to tell other people about Jesus Christ. That being true, there's also what we call a specific call, where God's plan for life includes ministry as a vocation or a calling. God's plan is an individual plan. No two people are alike in that plan or calling. For the last 42 years, it's been my joy to be in full-time vocational ministry. I've enjoyed being a labor in the harvest in that sense. I want to spend our time today speaking about God's calling on my life and the journey that I've taken in that calling. Let me begin where it begins. I was just in third or fourth grade, and I attended youth camp for the very first time. It was at camp that week that I first sensed the call of God upon my life. I'm not sure what message was preached, but I sensed that God was calling me like he called young Samuel in the Old Testament. No, I didn't hear God audibly call my name, but I sensed in my heart that God was speaking and calling me to surrender. As the invitation began, I walked the aisle and surrendered my life to the Lord to use in his work however he saw fit. When I got home from camp that week, I shared the news with my parents, and they were thrilled. They had raised me to know and to serve the Lord, so it was exciting for them to know that I had responded to the prompting of God upon my life. However, as I grew into a teenager, I went through some carnal and rebellious years. I never rebelled outwardly. I didn't walk away from church, God, or the Bible. Yet in my heart, the world was pulling on me. Some of my best friends at church were a bit carnal, too. And I'll be frank, we're not, we were not good for each other. My desire at that point as a young teenager was not service or ministry, but I wanted to live my life to my own choosing. I had a desire to make money. I wanted to pursue my own dreams. At this moment, I'm reminded of Romans eleven twenty nine, where the Apostle Paul, writing to the church at Rome, said, For the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. I think that we can change our mind or our focus about living and for and serving the Lord, but God never changes his mind about those he calls and those he gifts to do his work. Let me fast forward to March of 1974. I'm still in my teenage years, but that year and that month was life-changing for me. God used it to get my attention. I was 16 years old, and I was a junior in high school. Our church that week in March was conducting its annual Faith Promise Missionary Conference. It was a Thursday night. Dr. Jack Baskin, former missionary to Korea, was preaching the meeting that week. 
As I sat in that conference on that Thursday night, God reached out of heaven and squeezed my heart. I cannot remember the message or even the text that night, but God used that servant of the Lord to be his voice to change my life. That evening, as I sat there, I realized I was a rebel as God dealt with me, clearly sharing with me that my plans for my life were not his plans. I wasn't keeping my end of the bargain. I hadn't given God what I had promised back in camp as just a boy. It was as if the Lord said, Kevin, if you want to know peace and contentment and lasting joy, you'll never know it the way you are heading. You can only know that kind of peace as you surrender your life completely to me. There's a world out there that needs the gospel, and you can play a role in reaching it. I've not changed my mind. I'm still calling you. However, you must surrender. When the invitation started, I have to tell you there was a real battle in my heart. I was fighting. Finally, I completely surrendered. I left my seat and headed to the altar and publicly gave God all of my life. As I look back now, I see how that night was huge. It changed the course and the direction of my life, and it set my sails for the rest of my life on ministry. And that began basically in Bible college in August of 1975. When I arrived at college, I enrolled as a missions major. I I thought I'd surrender during a missions conference, and so I I just assumed that's really what God wanted from me. By the time I graduated, I was married and had a son, and God had made it clear that it was his plan for our family to come home and serve for a couple of years on the staff of the Cleveland Baptist Church. I thought it would just be a year or two, and then our family would head off to the mission field. As I was serving on the staff and getting some practical ministry experience, the church made it possible for me to spend three weeks on the mission field. It was February of 1979, and I headed to the country of Singapore. My time there was spent working with a small Baptist church. By the time I got to the end of those three weeks, it was not hard to see in the sense the need for the gospel that it was very great in this particular city. As I returned home to Cleveland, my heart was so unsettled. I had no peace about that being the place. I was to move my family to labor for the Lord. Yet because I thought that everyone expected me to go, I felt compelled to say yes to Singapore. Yet as time went on, I was struggling to know the plan of God for my life. Finally, one night, I got on my face before God and I begged him to show me his clear direction. It was during that season of prayer that the Lord spoke to my heart about forcing something that he was not doing. I got peace that night that the mission field was not his calling for our young family. I went to the office the next morning and spoke to the pastor and shared with him what God had done in my heart. His response was amazing, and it concurred with what I had heard from the Lord. There was a permanent pastoral staff position open, and he offered it to me, and I gladly accepted. And to be honest, I didn't understand why God had had changed my heart, yet I was smart enough to understand that God's call was not mine to make, but I was just to allow him to lead. I read a statement of a missionary, Hudson Taylor, and it resonates with me. He said, quote, God only gives the very best to those who leave the choice to him. As time went on, God made it very clear why I was to reign in Cleveland. I'd served on the church staff for about five years, then when one day the pastor asked me to make a call with him. He's not an old man at that point, probably in his early 50s. He looked at me as we'd stopped at a traffic light, and he said, Kevin, I've been praying about the future of the Cleveland Baptist Church, 
and I've asked God to send me a young man to mentor, to be my successor, and I believe that you are that young man. And I want you to seriously pray about it, and let's see what God does. Pastor Thompson had seen churches flounder and fail when a pastor got old or sick or died, and no one was prepared to succeed him, and he clearly believed that it was his responsibility to prepare someone to step into his place. Of course, the church would have to see it and respond to it as well. Seven years from that point, the church voted to call me as co-pastor and successive pastor with a 98% call. Five more years from that point, September 3rd, 1995, when I was 37 years of age, Roy Thompson relinquished the responsibilities as the pastor of the Cleveland Baptist Church, and I became the second pastor in the church's 37-year history. And I carried that responsibility for the nearly 24 years. Well, I'm going to stop our, our, um, our conversation at this point, and we'll pick up there in our next episode. Once again, I want to say thank you for joining me. God bless you, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you have been encouraged by today's podcast. If you have been helped, we want to encourage you to subscribe and to share. Please feel free to leave us a comment. If you want to know more about Kevin Folger and the ministry, please visit his ministry at kevinfolger.com. We invite you to join us again next time for more Laborers in the Harvest. Thank you.